Welcome to We, Women Encouragers and Wellness Enthusiasts. My name is Kelsey. And my name is Morgan. Both nutritionists leading busy lives, just trying to balance it all. Here we will be sharing the stories of inspiring women in our Oregon communities. How do you balance wellness, work, health, and relationships, and all the little things we do in between? Come listen in on the conversations while we chat about all of these and more. Much, much more. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast today. Today, we have a very special person to my heart. Her name is Regina, and she, I'll tell you a little back-end story. Um, she has been coming into my work as a customer for even before I was there, and she just clicks with everybody, but the way that I met her was actually asking for a roommate. So, uh, <laughs> we met at a place called Psycho Bar and she was the manager and we just got to talking and she was like I'm looking for a roommate and I was like me too and so it didn't work out in the end but we still are good friends now and I love it whenever she comes in and we go to her cycling classes now that she's a cycle instructor too and she's just just the sweetest soul so I'm excited for her to be on today welcome Thanks. That was so sweet. I forgot that that's how we met. <laughs> and like the first hour, I was like, yeah, be my roommate. <laughs> uh, yep, that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> so Regina's going to come on today. She's going to talk a little bit about her story. And then she's going to explain why she wanted to share her story. So why don't we start with Basically, our whole goal is the power of story, right? So yeah. <laughs> I haven't even heard your whole story yet. So I'm like very excited. Um, yeah. What should we start with? Like maybe middle schoolish? How, where did you grow up? Oh gosh, middle school. Um, well, I grew up <laughs> in uh, a small, smallish town outside of Pasadena, California. Um, and in middle school, oh my gosh, I was such a wreck. At the time I was in middle school, both of my parents had passed away, um, and we moved. I got a new, I got a new family. Um, yeah, it was middle school was super weird. I maybe we should back up then to elementary school and <laughs> to grow up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, very well off. It was my brother and I, and uh, we had half sibling who we saw um not nearly as frequently as I wanted to because I'm obsessed with her um she's older she's like eight years older than me um but yeah it was so it was mainly just the four of us my mom dad uh brother and I and it was like looking back on it I have like this very skewed memory of what really happened and what was healthy and what was not and there wasn't much that was healthy um, but my parents, uh, passed away on my 11th birthday and like from then on, I had a completely different life. My sister became my guardian and she was 19 years old and she was, I mean, she is my everything. Like she became my best friend, my sister, my mother, my guardian, my protector. Um, 
my mom, my dad, and she took over all these roles, um, as did her mom. And um, I just kind of adopted that family that she grew up knowing. Um, but my brother and I got to stay together, which was a miracle. And he is still, I mean, he's way bigger than me now, but he's still my little baby. So was this your half-siblings that you stayed with that you said? Yeah, my half-sister, yeah. So she and her husband now, I mean, they were kids. They were they were babies, too. They, like, came home from Hawaii. They were going to the University of Hawaii to take care of us. And, like, mm-hmm. they, it was the craziest thing. Like, they were kids raising kids, and they were selfless, and I don't know how they did it. So you were yeah. in Hawaii instead of going straight to foster care, which is that, was that what you would have gone into if not? Um, I'm not super sure how it would have worked out. I'm sure that like somebody would have picked us up, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know who would have really wanted to put up with that for us. I mean, we were like, we were pretty messed up kids. We like had this messed up childhood and our parents were really unhealthy and then we had to deal with what happened and we were I was at least a nightmare so I don't know many people that would have wanted to take both of us but they did um and it wasn't easy for sure when you say messed up (laughs) go backwards I want to hear the whole thing or as much as you would like to share yeah I mean as far what did I say messed up about my parents about (laughs) you were like I was a you didn't say I was a messed up kid I was a messed up I mean oh I I I tried to be really normal and I, I mean, my sister was really great at that. Like she wanted us to have a normal life. She uh, would take me to dance lessons. She made sure that I was involved. I was in theater. I was like, my brother did this and that and the other thing. And she would like take us to Disneyland and like try and keep things as normal as possible. But I had this internal struggle of everything that had happened in my short life and I used really really harmful ways to cope with it I mean I developed an eating disorder by the time I was 13 and I started drinking very young very young I think around the same time and I didn't really care I didn't really want to fix any of those problems um, I was in abusive relationships later down the line. I just like, I didn't care. I wanted to be destructive because everything was killing me inside and no one understood what I was going through because everyone else around me was 13, 14, 15 years old. And they, they, like, couldn't relate to me, and I couldn't relate to them, and it was no fault of their own. It was just the situation that I had. And 
So I didn't share what was going on and I didn't know how to share and I didn't have the vocabulary to share. And I mean, even when I was in therapy, I think I would just like twiddle my thumbs and be like, life sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was a weird upbringing. Wow. Can I dig into the root of all of like past what, 11, 12, 13 and everything? What happened with your parents? If you uh, want to they were they were very unhealthy people and they did not know how to love people well because they just didn't know how to love themselves and they struggled with mental health and mm. um, i mean i remember my mom being super honest about her eating disorder when i was 10 years old i mean she was like this is what bulimia is this is what anorexia is and she put a lot of those things onto me. I mean, I remember being a little girl and like I would walk back and forth in like a dressing room and she would tell me like, you always have to suck in your stomach. Mm. And um, like I learned how to count calories from a very young age. And so it was just like this, this cycle that was like, I grew up with. And so it was like, of course, of course I was going to learn how to, have an eating disorder because I was taught how to have one. Right. Uh, I was taught how to fixate on those things, but how they died, I probably won't share just to protect my brother and sister. I like that. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. That's what I wanted to know is like kind of just like upbringing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Just to give us an idea of what you had to go through afterwards. Yeah. Perfect. Like the, just, that was perfect. That was literally perfect. Um, gosh, I can't imagine. Like, I see you now, and you're like, to me, I always tell you, you remind me of one of my other best friends um, who has, like, gone through very similar things. And you're just so strong, and you're so kind to, like, everybody. So it's so crazy to me that, like, you come from a background. And that's why I wanted you, like, on today is because, like, you never know what background people have and how they shape people's lives, um, and how you ultimately, like, have control of how you let them shape your life, too, mm -hmm. even if it might not be in the moment, but maybe down the road. Yeah. I mean, I was not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, at my core, I am a nice person, but there were a couple of years where I was, like, I was a monster. I mean, looking back on it, I'm so ashamed of how I treated people. And it was all because I was so miserable. I was so unhappy and it was mainly like, it was mainly high school. And it was like, I had a couple years of drinking and an eating disorder under my belt. And I'd been in therapy, but I was just more pissed off than anything. Um, I was in an outpatient uh, eating disorder clinic and like, I didn't care. Like they, I had no, no plans of stopping what I was doing anytime soon. And I didn't really talk. I didn't know how to get down to all these layers. And so I was just like buttoned up. So, I mean, it was like a Ziploc bag that was like busting open. And, and well, the only thing that could come out was hate because I just hated 
everything and everyone. And I didn't even know what to blame. And I didn't even know I was so upset. Um, but no, I was not always so friendly. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting kind of, or not interesting, but I think you like bring up a good point because I say I work in the school district and we always talk about like the kids who are acting out or the kids who, um, you know, are angry or, um, things like that. They're not bad kids, mm -hmm. but sometimes they don't even necessarily have like their basic needs met. Like, and so if you don't have those basic needs in life met, it's really hard for you to excel in school or have healthy relationships yeah. or express yourself positively because you have all this underlying stuff going on that no one sees. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's a good point that you bring up to like prove that. Cause when I look at you, you're like beautiful and happy and all these things, but like you would never know that story behind you by just yeah. looking at you. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people have this preconceived notion of like, I'm just like this, I can be a bubbly, happy go lucky person. And I definitely can. Um, but I do have very dark moments. I mean, I still to this day struggle with depression and anxiety. Um, and it's something just more I've accepted. And I make very well known to people um, because it's kind of that thing. If I don't share it, um, then I just get angry and I feel misunderstood. And it's like I'm my high school version of myself again. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out how to, uh, how to break that cycle. And I still feel like every day it's an active challenge of being like, I accept who I am and am willing to be open to progress and sharing my story and uh, welcoming new people into my life. Because if I don't avidly remind myself of that, I can go backwards. I love how you're saying be open to progress. Yes. I love that because we're, we're all like forever in progress. Mm -hmm until the end like we are always always in progress I like that yeah um I have a question and this might be skipping ahead too far based on what you wanted to talk about Morgan so we can back oh, I don't care okay so <laughs> I want to know kind of so it sounds like you were in like you know high school you know you have your eating disorder and all that stuff kind of what happens after that so did you go on did you graduate high school and go to college or did you how'd you get to Portland all that stuff yeah so I, I graduated high school um I went to college uh for the first couple of years of college I was in a very uh unhealthy abusive relationship and it was kind of that thing I wasn't again I wasn't sharing things I didn't know how to share things and I thought that I was trapped and it was like I was I was constantly feeling like I was trapped trapped in an eating disordered body trapped in the mess that my parents made and now I was trapped in a relationship that I hated um and I ended up getting out of that and I still am thankful every single day that I did um and really that's when things started to shift for me. 
I, um, something that's just like really on my mind today is I was sitting on the lawn with my sister, maybe about a year after uh, I broke up with him. And it was around the time of my birthday. And I'm usually really emotional in the month of August because that's when my parents passed away. And, um, I didn't, I don't remember what I was upset about, but I usually am upset at them, you know, (laughs) and it comes out across as something else. And, um, Oh, I remember what it was. I, uh, was fixated on the idea that my parents could never love me, that they never loved me at all. And I couldn't believe it. Like I just had this realization that they didn't have an ounce of love for me. And I just remember crying and my sister consoling me and she told me to close my eyes and, uh, have a picture like imagine myself looking into a room of me as like a five-year-old playing with toys and then to go in to the room and um, say something to her. And I just like picked her up and told her that I loved her and that I was never going to leave her. And it was like the most, I still think about it all the time. I mean, I still have to do that in moments of where I doubt my self-worth or in moments of where I feel destructive or hurt. Um, Yeah, I just picked up that little girl. And that was, I mean, things weren't easy after that, definitely. Um, But yeah, I mean, throughout college, something that was hard for me, I had a boyfriend actually break up with me <laughs> on my birthday because oh my. he couldn't handle my story. And I was destroyed. I mean, I <laughs> if you ask my family what I was like, they will do an impression of me like crying, throwing a tantrum on the floor because <laughs> like I was like, what? the actual is going on right now. Like how could I shared something so vulnerable with you and you broke up with me on the day that I like told you this awful thing happened. Um, And so that was super hard for me. It was like, oh, I just can't tell anyone this anymore. Like I shared it with one person and I didn't tell anyone in college. I mean, no one knew. Um, I was like, I just went to school and was like, here's a picture of my parents and would just show them a picture of like my parents and be like, yep, this is, this is them. (laughs) And like, no one knew any different because I didn't want to tell them. And I told him and it destroyed me. Um, and so I was very deep into depression and very deep into, uh, an eating disorder my senior year of college and. I found some of, I found one of my dearest, dearest friends there. And she now lives in Oregon too, which is very cool. But um, she was there in like very dark moments and she was a light and she challenged me and she still does challenge me to be more open and to share. And she's always a safe space. And around that time, I started seeing a different therapist that specialized in eating disorders because my therapist was 
did not. And I was a, I was a challenging case. I mean, I felt like, have you seen the movie Ella Enchanted? No. Oh my gosh. You guys have that movie. Uh, with Anne Hathaway. Well, there's this, there's this like image of her and she like has to do everything that people tell her to do. Like it's a spell that's cast on her. And so there's this image of her and she's like, tie me up to this tree because she's afraid of what she'll do. And so she's like, tie me up to this tree. And like, she's like still somehow gets out of these chains because she has to do what people tells her to do. And I would feel like that with my eating disorder. I was like, I want to be strapped down to something because I don't want to do my eating disorder today. But by the end of the day, I would have done it multiple times. And so I went to see uh, a different therapist and she changed everything for me. I mean, she, I, that's like, that was a huge point for me. She, I went in the first day and I was like, fix me because I can, I'm not going to survive like this. I can't survive like this. I can't even get out of bed. And um, she was like, imagine that you're in a room full of graffiti and you have like a little tiny needle. And every time you come in here, you're just going to scrape away just a little bit. And I was like, I need to come here every day then. <laughs> and because I was like, because I want to expedite it. Like, I want to be healthy. Um, and yeah, there were times that I was coming in like two, three times a week. But she was like, she wouldn't let me talk anymore because I was going too far down and getting too depressed. Um, but I mean, we explored so much and we explored a lot of trauma and a lot of like deep rooted issues. And yeah, that was the start of me being way more honest and sharing my story and not being ashamed of it anymore. Um, Cause I think that that's just a thing. We feel so ashamed for the experiences that we go through, but I mean, where I am today, I wouldn't change any of it um, because it all brought me to this moment. And as hard as it was, I got through and I'm still working through things. There's no end for me right now. Um, but it got me to a very healthy place. I consider that I'm in a healthy place. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. Good. Because then, when when did you graduate school, if I can ask that? Uh, when did you move to Oregon? Yeah. I moved to Oregon, oh, it was two years this July. Yeah, so I'm, it's been a, it's been an interesting road with Oregon. Like, I definitely love, hate it. <laughs> yeah. I, like, have gone through seasons where I've just been like, what the hell is this place? Um it's super white and uh, there's like a lot of super conservative crazy things out there and I was like what the hell this is not what I thought Oregon <laughs> this is not what I thought Portland was um and coming from LA I was like this is you know it's crazy and um I also wasn't used to the weather and like that kind of fucked me up a little bit but <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, now I know seasonal depression, it's a thing. 
I got to do things to combat it. So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like figuring out your diet. It's like, what is going to work for you? Like there's certain things that like, like gluten doesn't settle too well with me, you know? And it's like, I learned that. And so how do I adjust here? And so it's, it's kind of been that with Oregon, but I feel like I'm in a sweet spot here. I kind of like that you brought that up too, because I feel like that's with emotions too. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, oh, seasonal depression is a thing. Like you're trying to figure out what works for you here, how you feel your best emotionally. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a really good visual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's good. So Morgan had mentioned that you work at, is it Cycle Bar that you work at? I, yes, I used to work there, um, but now I teach at Mob Cycle. Mob Cycle. Okay. So how did you, have you always been really into fitness and all that? Or was that a more recent thing or? Yeah, I've always been very into fitness. I, I mean, as a kid, I was on cheer. I was on dance team. Uh, Were you really? I did not know this. Yeah. Me too. Really? Oh my God. This is why we get along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so it was like always that thing. And my family was big into sports too. So it made sense for me to do cheer. Um, And I remember like going, like the gym was sometimes unhealthy for me, but like, I. Why was that? Why was it unhealthy for you? Um, just because I would over exercise and under eat, <laughs> like when I was like very, I remember watching this, I'm like doing a lot of references, but there's like this episode of Full House and, uh, DJ is like, she like wants to fit into a bathing suit for this party and she like stresses out about it. And so she like doesn't eat and she goes to the gym and yeah. she- she passes out and I was like yep that's what I'm gonna do and (laughs) and so there were like seasons of my life where I was like nope can't eat today but like gonna run five miles (laughs) uh so yes I have developed a very healthy relationship with it but yeah like especially spinning I started spinning when I was in college and it was like at first I was I couldn't move and then I was like, whoa, like this is the craziest experience because you're just in this dark room and I'm not looking at my body and no one else is looking at me. And I kind of just have this time to work really hard and to challenge myself and to mentally, physically, spiritually get better. Um, and so, yeah, so that was like a really crazy thing for me. And um, but yeah, so yeah, so I moved here. I worked in a couple of fitness studios. Um, and along the way, like just over a year ago, I found Mob Cycle and was like, this is awesome. This is everything that I would want a spin to su- a studio to be exactly like. Um, and my first class was with uh, the manager. Her name's Tracy Palmer. And she, I just remember like, I think I, like for one point, I was just sitting there like, she is fucking killing it right now. Like, this is insane. And um, I walked out and they were like, do you want to buy another class? And I was like, no, 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 I'm good right now. And then I went to work and bought like a month unlimited because I was like, yeah, this is, this was great. Like I've taken a lot of classes at other studios, but it was like, this is what I want it to be like. I love the choreography. I love the speed. I love the music, the lights, everything. And um, 
yeah. And I knew I wanted to be an instructor. Um, and I felt like mob cycle was the place that I could do what my heart wanted to do. And I would be allowed to do it freely. And, um, yeah, it's been a really, really beautiful journey and I'm very, very blessed to be there currently. So you had to go through quite the training and I know a lot of fitness studios have to go through trainings. Yeah. And you're an instructor. You should have to. Um, But how did that training help you? I guess. Yeah. Just help you. Oh my, I can't like, I, I talked because Tracy led the training and I, I can't express to her how much that training meant to me. I, day one, like went into it and I had all this like horrible self-deprecating thoughts. I was like, nope, you can't do this. Like you're exhausted. Um, you like, I was like everything horrible about myself. I could, I was saying, and I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to tell her that I'm like, not going to do this. (laughs) And so I went up to her after class and I kind of wanted it to be private, but everyone else could hear. So I was like, whatever, (laughs) everyone's going to know. And I was like, Hey, I need you to tell me, uh, if you think I'm a joke here. And like, I was so straight up and I don't know if I said exactly that, but I was like, be serious with me. Like, if you don't think if I'm like, if I'm wasting your time, if I'm making a fool out of myself, set me straight. And I knew that she was going to be honest with me, which is why I said it. Otherwise I probably just would have been like, bye. Um, and she was like, no, like we chose you for a reason. Um, you do have a place here. And she was like, this is what you need to work on. And she was like, if this is something like my endurance, I was like, I don't know if I can like ride for hours and hours. And she was like, this is what you have to do to get there. Like, if this is something you want, this is what you'll do. And she was, she was, she consoled me in those moments of doubt. And she pushed me because she knew that I could do it. And so it was hard. I mean, it was definitely very hard. And I didn't know what was going to happen at the end of it. I didn't know if I was going to get the job or not. And um, yeah, I was just thankful for the experience. And after every day, I was thankful that I didn't quit. (laughs) I mean, every day I would like, say like a little prayer to myself. I was like, don't quit, don't quit, you know. (laughs) And it was like, it doesn't matter I had to think while I was in training, it doesn't like, don't think about if you're going to get on the schedule, think about today, not even this weekend, but think about getting through today. Um, and that, I think that's how we got through it. Uh, cause it was hard. I mean, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, it was really challenging. And, um, but I was so thankful for those challenges because so much growth comes from being highly uncomfortable. And I think that we in the fitness community talk about being uncomfortable and how it's challenging, but to be, to actually be in the uncomfortable zones, it's one, it's hard to get there. It's hard to get to a place where you are so uncomfortable because we do live in, you know, 
uh, we live in, you know, America and it's nice and it's cushy and it's comfortable and it's easy to get comfortable. Um, and so you have to look for things that will actually be highly uncomfortable. And I was like, yep, this is one of them. <laughs> and this is going to be a test uh, to see if I can like walk the walk and not just talk the talk. I think it's super cool how you just said it's a test and like listening to you and then seeing you through it too, when you would come into the, my store to get food and everything afterwards and I'd be like, how's like, like mob cycle, how, how's that going? And like seeing you physically exhausted, but like so positive and pushing through it too. I think it says a lot because I guess to me, one of the biggest things I've learned from you and just out of this too, just listening to your story is, you know, be aware that this is uncomfortable, accept it, but like, don't quit because of it. Mm -hmm. Like, if anything, move on and know that you're going to grow from it. Um, because it's been so cool to see you actually get that position and go to one of your classes. Because you, I always tell my boyfriend, that was the best cycle class I've ever been to. That was so fun. And it was cool, too, because a lot of, that was your tryouts, right? I think yeah. the one that I went to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you had so much support. And it was so fun because you literally brought your community to this room and yeah I walked away I was like I need to go back <laughs> but, I mean when you have that mindset that you're teaching yourself I just want you to see too it shows and it spreads on other people and which is cool and that's why I wanted you on here <laughs> but it really shows if someone was going through something like you and was in that dark moment is there anything that would have helped them or like would have helped you mm -hmm. or you say anything? That's hard. A hard one. Or yeah. anything like that along the lines of that. Cause I know that's a hard one. It is a hard one because it's, it's this thing of like, there's only so much you can say to someone, um, but they have to make the change themselves. I would say find people who will sit with you in darkness. And if you are a friend to someone who is in darkness, sit with them, don't judge them and create, definitely create healthy boundaries. Um, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, my friends have done that well with me and I hope to do that well with other people, but yeah, create healthy boundaries. Like you are not someone's therapist. Um, but be a friend who is willing to empathize and not just sympathize. Yeah. And what was the biggest thing for you that like the biggest reason you want to share your story and like the biggest help that it has brought to you and comfort, I guess. Yeah. I mean, stories are so important and they are so valuable. And I say stories and scars kind of go the same way. Um, that people's scars are really beautiful and people's stories are really beautiful because they tell where you've been and what you've done and they give you depth um and as hard as they are at times and I don't want to do a blanket statement but you you are better for them um and your story matters and I truly believe that um sharing and being vulnerable and being uncomfortable can bring a lot of freedom 
and create a lot of community and uh, there's a lot of fruit from it. And I feel very passionately about sharing that with people. That's awesome. So should I ask this question, Morgan? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you could give advice, and this doesn't have to be in regards to your story or anything, it can just be whatever you feel like sharing. But mm -hmm. if you could give advice to one girl listening, or if you could say something to her, what would you say? Oh, I would say that you are beautiful and you are worthy and you are enough and you're not too much and you're just enough and you are loved. Yeah, no matter what, period. Awesome. And then what does wellness mean to you? Uh, wellness. <laughs> wellness is, okay, you know, I was actually looking on something about wellness and there was like, six things that define wellness. And it was like physicality, um, emotion, but there was nothing about mental. And wellness to me um, involves physical, emotional, mental, spiritual health. Um, and being happy, but being content. I think that the word content can kind of sound like settling but I love this idea of just being content in the moment and content with where your life is um, instead of constantly chasing for the next thing or, you know, the grass is always greener or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but that to me is wellness, the embodiment of those things and being content with where you are. Love it. I love that. I love that so much. It's so important to be content with where you are I mean forever growing but I feel like you won't live in the moment mm -hmm. you'll miss it yeah only one moment totally no and I love that you brought up the mental health aspect too because I think that is something in wellness that is often overlooked mm -hmm. but no matter how big or small of a problem it problem that it is for someone like we all have mental health struggles at some point in our lives I feel like and so I think it's really important to address that, definitely. So I like that you said that. Yeah. Good well, point. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast today. It was nice meeting you, and it was so fun to hear your story. You're so inspiring to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. It was so fun chatting with you guys. Yeah. I will see you this week for food. Um, but other than that, I yeah, I'm so happy you came on, and I'm so happy that you are able to share your story right now and willing to and want to help other people share their story and that you're passionate about that and showing people that it's important. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Regina. Bye.